Hello and welcome to Head and Heart, a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. My name is Katie and I'm here with my best friend and co-host Frankie. Hi everyone. It is so good to be back after a few months. So long story short, we intended to have a lot more episodes out by now, but Frankie got COVID. I did, guys. It was uh, very fatiguing and my voice went away. I don't know if you can still hear it. There is a, still a bit of readiness in there, but um, no, I lost my voice and we could not film for about, not film, <laughs> we could not record for at least three weeks. Um, and then other things kept getting in the way. So yeah, it was a process. Yeah, kind of hard to do a podcast when you don't have your voice. So, so sorry about that. Uh, leaving you guys on only two episodes for a little while, but thank you so much for all of you who have supported the show already so far. We have had people asking us when episode three is going to come out. We already have some beautiful reviews on the show on Apple Podcasts, which if you want to know how to support the show, that is the number one thing you can do. Go to the podcast app on your phone or Apple Podcasts slash iTunes on your computer and leave a review for us. It can be written. It can just be a star review. Rate us whatever you think we're worth. And that'll go a long way towards getting the word out about the show. So, uh, Frankie, what are we talking about today? Do you want to tell them? We are going to be discussing the new cover and information that have come out about Stellar Loon. Yes! So we have been gone for so long that we have had both a title and a cover reveal. That's how, that's, a lot of stuff has happened since we've been away. (laughs) I know. Katie just sent me a message uh, one day when the cover dropped and she just sent the cover and a bunch of texts with like heart emojis and just look at it. And I was like, I think I was... I think, funny story, I was literally, like, getting out of the shower or something, and I just could hear my phone going ding, 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 and I was like, what is going on? And I think I picked it up and looked at it, and I was like, oh my god, I almost dropped my phone, because it was just the cover. (laughs) It's beauty, it's radiant. It is, it is maybe my favorite cover. It it is so gorgeous, I really, I'm, I'm a huge fan. It might be my favorite. I don't know, because I also love some other covers, but I do love this cover. So um, let's jump right in. So first of all, the title, Stellar Loon. So I actually didn't recognize this term at first, but I did a little digging. And what is Stellar Loon? Well, according to the Wikipedia, the uh, not regular Wikipedia, but like fandom wiki, you know yeah, what I mean? Fandom wiki. Page yeah, fandom wiki. On Stellar Loon. Now there's a second one on book nine, Stellar Loon, but the original says, Stellar Loon is a concept mentioned in book eight, Legacy. Lady Gisela uses it on her son, Keith, in order to, uh, in hopes of him manifesting a new ability. Excuse me. And the idea seems to revolve around Shadowflux and Quintessence in some way. Counselor O'Reilly is confident that it is related to the forgotten secret in her cache. Ca- catch? Cash? You know, the cash, little thing. Yeah, cash. I always said cash. Yeah. And she and Sophie open her cache together and learn that it is connected to Elysian. So, this is what Lady Gisela took while she was pregnant with Keith. Uh, so, this book is going to have a lot of key things. This is going to be... We say that as if it isn't, there hasn't already been a plethora of key things, but this book is I going know, to be I know, that's key- every book. It's going to be Keith Inks Central, which scares me and terrifies me because we've already had so much key fangs, what is this going to be? Like, I know. if that wasn't key fangs, I don't know if I want to know what key fangs is. <laughs> and this is the first title that 
only applies to Keith in his storyline. Like, there's been titles that allude to it, like Never Seen, him joining the Never Seen at the end of Never Seen. It's also, but it has a broader meaning. It's also when we discover the name of the Never Seen and they become more of an entity. Like, that broader topic there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, become the clear people that we're fighting in book four. And that's why it's titled that. Legacy has a multitude of meanings. The primary one is Keith. Or why did I say primary like that? The primary one is Keith. Primary. Primary. (laughs) (laughs) The primary meaning is Keith, but also can allude to Sophie and her legacy and all the characters' legacies. And it's a general term. This is explicitly about Keith, and after yes. he has run away, I am terrified about what he is going to experience in the human world. Yeah, no, it's it's oh, I am so excited though, just because can I just say <laughs> not to go all so Keith shipper, but I'm about to. <laughs> um, to have go ahead, yeah, I embrace it. We embrace it. To have Keith, um, Sophie obviously grew up in the human world. She comes and discovers the elf world and has to navigate that. So to have, like, the dichotomy there of Keith. Yeah, of now Keith, who grew up in the elf world, is going to be in yes. the human world. And Sophie's going to find him and help him learn how to navigate it until they get back. Or even if he's just navigating it on his own for a little while, it's still just, like, it's chef's kiss. It's great writing if this is going where I think it's going. Like, it really is. And I think it... I Shannon Messenger is a brilliant writer. I can't imagine it's not going to go where we think it's going. We're, ha- we're like, 75% of the fandom thinks it's going. <laughs> exactly. More than 75, are you like kidding me? 90, Basi- like, basically 90%. Basically 100%. <laughs> I don't know. I still see so fits shippers on tumblr and i don't know what to do about it i just keep scrolling i don't but either i don't know what to do it's like when i see katang stuff i just and it makes me uncomfortable it's i just worse for me because katang stuff yes makes me uncomfortable but like so keith to me is just so clearly the only option katang has some arguments right it does like, it I, has some good build up it at has least. some basis Whereas so fits to me at this point. I'm not in, at the start. Yes, it had some basins. At this point, it doesn't have. It doesn't have basis to me. It at doesn't. All, so. and not only that, but it was actively tried and shut down. They tried. It didn't work. People shut Let down it go. badly. It went badly. Let it go. Not even in the bad way that sometimes you see on TV shows where they're able to get over their issues and work it out and it becomes a healthy relationship. This went badly in a way where it's like they do not work as something other than friends. No. The second they were in a relationship, it brought out the worst in both of them. It wasn't good. It felt like, oh, I just had a comparison in my mind and and it's gone now. I'm hoping... So to connect this back to Stellar Loon, so it's not just a tangent, because goodness knows yeah. we've had enough of those already. Yes. <laughs> for, for those of you who listen to our Zutara podcast, Fire and Water, um, our last episode was pretty chaotic, which we recorded and posted earlier this week. So yeah. I re-listened to it today, and it is just like, it's just smacks you in the face a million times. It's, it's pretty <laughs> hilarious. We, long story uh, short, we could not stay on topic for the life of us, the whole thing. It's 50 minutes long and about five minutes of conversation was actually about the topic at hand. So, so we're going to try and stay on topic this time around. Yes, indeed. I think for this podcast in general, it's going to be a lot more low-key, less hyper, less 
you'll you'll which, see the more professional side of which us. I find a bit backwards just because like obviously I love Zutara, but Zutara doesn't have much screen time compared to Sokeef, who has nine books, almost nine books now of mm-hmm. of of content. Like I would think I would, I would be crazier. Call it nine books because Unlocked is stuffed yeah, full of Sokeef content. You're true. It's really true. N- it's really nine books. So, like, yeah, it's nine books of content, heavy content, heavier than Zutara, and yet I feel like we keep our focus better on this so far, which is yeah. strange to me. I would feel like we wouldn't, because there's so many other stuff to talk about. Well, there's a lot more to cover. Yeah, that's my point. Like, it's strange to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, what other theories do you have about Stellar Loon? And what do you think is going to happen within its many, many pages? Oh. Because it's going to... Shannon has said it's going to be I say Shannon like we're on a first name basis Hi Shannon I know you <laughs> Hi, don't Shannon. want Listen um, If you I ever did we love you <laughs> We love you Oh my gosh if we blew up and were able to get her on here someday That would be amazing I would cry maybe I would cry too It would be It would be cool It would be really cool But um, yeah no Stellar Loon Theories I honestly have not tried to theorize about this book too much Just because reading the books is such a whirlwind yeah and you you almost theorize more when you're reading them like I don't know if I've mentioned this I think I mentioned this before in one of the previous two episodes but like it's as I'm reading that I really like the theories crop up and I connect things like um Fitz's brother Alder Alder I believe is that the dad or i always mix up the no, dad and the brother alden alden is the dad alvar Al- alvar thank you yes. yes alvar i knew i knew by the second book i think even in the first book i think i called it as soon as we met him that he was a traitor and so that's my kind of my point here is I don't really theorize outside the books because I read them all so quickly in such a whirlwind that I theorized mainly in them and I caught things in them, books before they would even happen. So I feel like Stellar Loon, as I'm reading, I will be able to do that as well, where it's like, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. So theories, I don't have many other than the ones that are pretty prevalent, which are Keith is obviously in the human world. We're going to have to see what happens there. His mom is obviously going to be involved. Uh, a lot of stuff is going to happen that isn't good. Yeah, that's about but where the, I'm the at cover, as well. The cover does give hints because here I'm trying to pull it up on my phone without stopping There's this voice memo. There's some very interesting things about the cover that I would like to bring up. The first and foremost, so... For those of you who have not seen the cover, I can't imagine anyone listening to this hasn't, but just in case, go look it up. It's on our Instagram. Shannon posted a link to it. It's everywhere online. Literally just look up Keeper of the Lost City Stella Loon and you will see it. It's absolutely gorgeous. It features Sophie, Maruka, and Morella. So Maruka and Morella finally got a cover and it's a very red and orangey stained glass background that looks like they're in a church. I was going to say, it looks like a stained glass window in a church, and they're yes. bolting through it. Which, if they are breaking through it, I do not appreciate the destruction of property. I love stained glass windows. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, they I'm gotta actually do really, what they I'm gotta act- do. I know, I'm actually really into architecture and design and things like that, and I love stained glass windows, especially in like gothic cathedrals and churches and everything. 
Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just supposed to be they're portaling and I think they're in front of it. I don't think they're really breaking it. Maybe the breaking part is metaphorical. Like I, yeah, I don't know, but I, I don't think they're actually busting in anywhere per se. I'm looking at it, it now just and looks seeing like it's new their, details. Yeah, it just looks like it's their portaling to the human world. It's gorgeous. Like I am looking at it now again, and I'm seeing new details I didn't see the first like twenty times I looked at it. It's just so beautiful. Which honestly, I would find it very interesting if it was a church and Shannon brought in some element of religion into the series because we haven't gotten anything about the elves religion in this we both happen yeah. to be christians um so we are religious people and mm -hmm. um i i just like i don't care what it is i don't care which world religion it's inspired by but i would just love to see some kind of faith integrated into the narrative i think that'd yeah, be very any interesting any type especially like you said the elves themselves don't seem like religious people they don't seem to follow any sort of religion. So, yeah, I would be very interested to see any religion-based setting, I guess. Like, anything, yeah. any theme. Like, from yes. any religion, any theme. Especially, but, especially through the character of Keith. Because yeah. I think that if he, like, I think him finding faith would be an incredibly interesting arc. Maybe that's just me as someone who found faith later in life. And so I, I say later in life, like I'm some, you know, old lady. You found about it to... when you needed it. You found it when yeah. you needed it. Yeah. But um, basically, my point is, I was not raised Christian. I found it a bit later in life during high school. And mm -hmm. um, my faith, I mean. And I think that would be a very interesting arc for Keith, who is so down right now and so lost. That he's in such an ideal place to be found by faith that I think that yeah. would be really, really effective and really powerful. Like even like to religious and non-religious readers alike, even even if it's vague, even if it's not pointing to any one religion, I would almost prefer it not to. I would too. Yeah. Um. Just keeps saying like you know. I've had some time for self-reflection here and I, I do believe there's a higher power looking over me. But also, with Sophie being a chosen one, there's kind of, not overt religious elements, but any time that you have a chosen one narrative, it's it has biblical precedent. That's why we a see- A lot of stories, yeah. A lot of stories go back to the Bible just because it's the Bible. It's it's been around forever, so a lot exactly. of stories, stories in general traditions copy themselves and are manifested yeah. into new things. And just like a lot of stuff is taken from the old Greek tragedies and comedies. Uh, yeah, they didn't really have comedies, but tragedies, Shakespearean mm -hmm. tragedies and comedies is what I was getting at. Um, yeah, you know all those these older forms of storytelling. It's the same thing. A lot of stuff is taken from the religious and uh, sacred text of the world. So. Any time you have, like I said, a, a chosen one narrative, it has biblical precedent. <laughs> it can be read as a parallel to Christ. So I think that would be very interesting if, you know, like, I mean, Keith is literally found by Sophie and she's going to help save him in many ways and they save each other. Yeah, I think even if Keith doesn't become religious, I think even... An exposure to any type of religion mm. would be interesting, even if he doesn't necessarily find faith. But even if he just 
sees someone with faith, I think it would help him. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, we were talking either. about this, but I don't think it's going to happen at all. I don't think Shannon's going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> no, there's no um, way. There, there are certain aspects, more controversial or uh, heated aspects of society that Shannon chooses not to touch, and I cannot say I blame her. It's, I don't it blame comes her. back to the same point that we were making in our last episode in regards to there being queer and LGBTQ plus elves. You know, I think religion, you know, what, what's the saying? You never discuss politics at the dinner table. You never discuss religion and you never discuss money. Well, money yeah. isn't an issue here, but nope. <laughs> she got rid of that. She got, she rid, got of rid of that, of that issue. <laughs> She's like, nope. Um, but you know, I, I think the religion part is another thing that she's probably not going to touch. This is just our own little, almost headcanon in a way that we would like to see happen. Yeah, this is a headcanon. I do not think it will ever happen. Just like... It would be it would be weird at this point to have nine whole books out and then all of a sudden bring in this element. Right, it wouldn't work. The no. only, like, it's similar to even though... Katie and I both consider ourselves part of the LGBTQ plus community in different mm-hmm. ways. Uh, and so even though I would love representation of any point in the series, like Dex and Fitz, for example, or yes, something like that. Last I'm, episode came up with that idea and thought it would be super cute, but we don't think it's going to happen. Right. We're not I expecting don't think, it. I don't think either will happen because I don't think she wants to broach those subjects. Yeah. And like I said, I cannot say I blame her. And I don't expect no, her to get I into that. No, I don't blame her. her. Her controversial thing is making a political landscape. And in doing that, yeah. you inherently have political commentary. And she's obviously very adamant yeah. about, you know, like even, I mean, one could argue that she even brings in Native American issues of land and who owns the land and stuff between the different oh. species. And the fact that, yes. like, the, um, which capital was it used to belong to the, oh, it, wh- one of the species' capitals used to belong to a different species, and it was stolen from them. I can't remember. I want to say Rabagog. Rabagog used to be, or Ravgog. Uh, yes. Is it Ravagog or Ravgog? Rav. I think it's Ravagog. Yeah. Okay. Ravagog. I always, I've always read it Ravagog, but I could be wrong. Um Anyone who's listening, feel free to correct us. <laughs> feel free um, to correct us on any names. We both have just read these books in different blurs of time. So, right. like, the names might not be on point. Right. Yeah. So, you know, she, you could argue that she's touching on those issues there. I mean, there's the series is ripe with politics. That's kind of the touchier subject mm-hmm. that she chooses to deal with in this fantasy context, which is what a lot of fantasy writers do. I don't go into any middle grade expecting like, religious uh, talks. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't she doesn't really touch race stuff either. She doesn't touch mm-hmm. like we said like, you know, queer LGBTQ plus topics. She doesn't none of that stuff that's so prevalent and so widely discussed in our discussed. Excuse me. It sounds like I'm saying disgust. Disgust. <laughs> um in enunciate Katie. Uh, <laughs> in in our society so yeah i think it's a really interesting idea not expecting it to happen it's basically the way to sum it up like we said yeah yeah sadly but yeah it's just i do not go into 
middle grade series, uh, even ones as mature as this one, I don't go into middle grade series expecting those harder topics to be brought up, uh, except if it is, like, Rick Riordan, because he has done that. Well, I don't want to say excessively, he, but, yeah. It's pretty excessive. Well, not exce- excessively not without, Not excessive like, in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's excessive in that it's probably represented more than it is in the actual population of the world, the amount that he puts in there. Right, but, but it's not a bad it's not thing. An, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, with a lack of it everywhere else, I, I think it evens it out, if anything. I don't think I it's do a too. bad thing. I do, too. I think... I think Cassandra Clare and Rick Reardon, not to get off on a tangent, I just want to say this quickly, um, they are both authors who do a lot for the LGBTQ community. They do a mm-hmm. lot for racial divides in different settings, um, and they do it very well, in my opinion, and they get a lot of flack from it for some people who say that's not legit, and it's like, maybe it isn't accurate, but it also does fill that void that a lot of series leave to be desired. So exactly. I, I, I've never had a problem with it at all. I think it's yeah, great. I love most like of Like I was characters. saying, it kind of evens it out. Yeah. Even though within the context of, of that single world, it's a lot for the amount of characters, like percentage-wise, compared to, like I said, the real population of those people, mm-hmm. you know, who are a uh, percentage-wise yeah. minority. Um, yeah. You know, it, it kind of serves to even it out in the end. So I'm all for yeah. it as well, personally. I right. think... I think having those few authors who are experienced and happy to to take it on, I would rather that be consolidated but amongst a few authors who know how to do it well than spread yes. out and have authors give harmful representation. Which they do do it well. Which, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah, but um, to get back to the cover, um, besides the stained glass, it's very... Uh, usually her covers have to do with a scene from the book, obviously. Right. It is a scene from the book. It's a climactic so this, scene from the book. Right. The fact that they all look like they're going into this waiting for a fight uh, scares me. <laughs> they all look ready to mess stuff up. Like, like Can we Ruga also discuss how her- Morella is now chronically a strawberry blonde? Because, yes, I want Morella her to be strawberry is blonde. gorgeous. She looks when I so tell gorgeous. You, her hair is gorgeous. Uh, that stunning. turquoise, that aqua, I think it's turquoise, aqua. It's not teal, yeah. but turquoise or aqua. I think it's turquoise. <laughs> not that it matters. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> blue like, oh, on her is so pretty. That color gorgeous. on her. The purple on Maruka is gorgeous. And that deep, almost royal blue on Sophie I is stunning. It's, it's not saw- navy. It's, it's like that satiny royal blue. Mm-hmm. When, obviously, we know from reading the books um, that Sophie is a natural beauty. Maruka is described as stunning. But I've never really pictured Morella so clearly as I did after seeing this cover, obviously. Same. And Morella, Morella has just, I got an instant crush on her. I She is stunning. <laughs> like, gorgeous. Maruka is my type. I have a crush on Maruka. <laughs> Nah, I can't. It's Morella's eyes. I don't know. She is Her gorgeous. eyes are gorgeous. I agree. And the outfit that she's wearing brings them out it's- even more. That color, like I said, looks so good. It looks good against her strawberry blonde hair. It brings out her eyes. 
fantastic. I feel like if I was going to wear an outfit, I would wear Maruka's, but an outfit that I would be attracted to is the one that oh, Marella is would, wearing. You would totally wear Maruka's outfit, and I would wear Sophie's. Yeah, you would wear Sophie's, I would wear Maruka's, and I feel like I'm bringing Casey into this just because Casey, Casey is her sister. That. Casey is my sister. She has a shirt similar to that and it just like <laughs> now that I'm thinking like it's just, so I feel like that's I actually have, Casey's fashion I would sense. have I'm I'm pretty sure it's a dress I would have the shirt version of Morella's dress that is something I would wear in that cover with the l- color excuse me with the loose sleeves I, and everything do you think that's a dress I think it's a shirt I think it's a dress a loose fitting dress no because look the golden inlaid like at the edges come up to where her like upper thighs would be like not like dressy like not to her knees like that goes like to upper had, thighs. I just thought it had layers maybe you actually you might be right I I can see I that thought, but I, I just also, thought it was a floofy dress with layers I thought it like was like a flowy like shirt wear. I thought it was a flowy not that it matters but, <laughs> but like I thought it was a flowy shirt it could be. It could be a kind of flowy tunic and she has leggings on on the bottom. That's what I was imagining. Just because yeah. if you look at Sophie and Maruka, they're both wearing leggings. And these girls are described as wearing leggings a lot. So I was just That's thinking true. of it as a shirt maybe, with like a Maybe legging. it isn't a dress, but Morella is also being described as like looking a little disheveled a lot of the time, which is another thing I want to point out. She looks very put together here. Um, yeah. But then again, that's also disheveled for an elf. Which is still very put together for us. She was described as disheveled when she was going through keeping her her powers. Her mom and keeping her powers a secret. She had no one to talk to. So now she's open about it because she can be a bit more open about it. And she's learning how to use it. So now I don't think she would feel as frazzled. And she would feel more confident. Yeah, and I think that her appearance on this cover hints that we're really going to see this arc of her flourishing and coming into her own, which I'm so excited about. And I want to see more of her magic. Both her and I want to see more of her powers. It's not really magic. Her powers. Yeah. Her abilities. You know, it's more like superhero abilities than magic, per yeah, se. Both but her and Maruka, I, mean. I would say, are coming into their own in this cover. Yes, very much Maruka so. Looks Maruka like looks like a baddie. She looks so badass. She, in the way that the uh, force field is like coming out of the center of her hand is so cool. It's very unique and totally different than like I've seen any other force field powers portrayed. Mm. It's so cool. I just think it's so well done. And it matches almost the blue strip in her hair. Yes. Well, what I love is that the strip matches her eye color. She has that kind of very, like, medium blue eye color, and the strip matches that. I just love, I love, I don't know if you noticed, you probably did, but the circle around which they're coming through matches the color of each of the things in their hands. It matches Morella's fire, it matches Maruka's circles, and it matches Sophie's stone. Yes, it it ties together so beautifully. And then the Stellar Loon text is is the color of Sophie's dress. It ties into that yeah. color. It's just going to be an amazing... I think this will be an amazing scene. I think they always pick amazing scenes for the covers, except for maybe one or two instances where it wasn't as big of a thing. But I feel like this is going to be like, they're either about to get trapped 
and they think they're very confident they won't be, which has happened before, <laughs> or like they're actually going to make some progress here. Because it's been also, nine books now where they like keep getting I would like to discuss where they're coming from, if you don't mind, because it looks like a... Mm-hmm. It's... It pink. looks like it's a the, pink background. It's pink, purple, and blue. It's the bi flag. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> it's my representation. <laughs> Can we get an ace flag color scheme on the next cover? I anyone, know. please? For you, <laughs> for me, you get please, your ace flag. <laughs> it's a really pretty cover scheme, color scheme. Oh my god, I can't. Talk you know today. why they did that? You know why they did that? The purple, the blue matches Morella's shirt. The purple matches Maruka's shirt. The pink matches the outline. That might yeah. not mean anything. It might just be for color scheme. No, no, I don't think it actually means anything, to be perfectly clear. I don't think it's like, it's a hidden bi flag. Like, I don't think it's anything <laughs> oh, like no, that. Oh, no, no, I know that. <laughs> I know it doesn't mean the bi flag. I just thought for a second that it could be they were coming from underwater because of the blue and purple. And oh, mixes, but, and like reflection on the water, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think so anymore. I think it was just to add to the color scheme they already yeah. had going. Yeah. Well, for a second, I thought it was Sandy and the pink was almost a pyramid, but then I realized that was just the back of Sophie's cape. The pink? Oh, the yeah. gold. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Sophie's cape. Yeah. yeah. I realized it was Sophie's cape and not not sand. Um, I was like, ooh, we're Those black desert. capes look so good. Oh, I know. They look so cool. They actually kind of look like the ones that we have in our show art. Our I icon know. art. Because we have sleek black capes like that in our, for our profile picture. <laughs> Which makes me happy because black is my color. <laughs> black is not my color. Blue is my color. But I yeah. very much appreciate black and enjoy it as well. Yeah. It looks it looks particularly good on Maruka matching her hair. Like her hair ties both into the cape and the rest of her outfit. It's really working for me. I think the black with the purple is the best. But I also I love the look of Sophie's hair against the just black cape. Yes, I don't know. And, I, and how her hair ties into the kind of goldish blonde, which is another reason why I love that yeah. Morella here is depicted as a strawberry blonde. It's more hair diversity, so to speak. Yeah, because we don't really have a ginger character mm-hmm. uh, besides Dex. Um. Oh yeah, he is more strawberry blonde too. Well, yeah. Dex is like a coppery red. Yeah, he's like. Br- almost brown like brownish red yeah he's like, that light coppery yeah. red like my mom my yeah mom's color um yeah that you know under the right light can almost look like a more muted brown if, if the sun's not hitting it mm-hmm. right that kind of a red mm-hmm. it's not that it's not like the weasley red or anything like that right um so to speak but i really like that morella is more of a strawberry blonde into in contrast to sophie's flaxen blonde i think that's mm-hmm. really really cool and I like the, yeah. the hair diversity, the different colors and everything. Yeah. You know, because there are two blondies, those two characters, uh, female blondies, I should say. We have Keith, of course, who I, <laughs> I picture as being more of a sandy blonde, Keith. Yeah. Whereas Sophie is flaxen. Yeah. She's the brightest blonde of them all. Yeah. Actually, I picture Keith not dirty blonde. I picture no, him not almost- dirty blonde, but just a more muted. I don't know how to describe it. It's not that bright flaxen color. See, I pictured Keith almost lighter than Sophie. Like, Sophie almost golden flaxen, and Keith like, wheat blonde. Like, wheat blonde hair. Wheat blonde. Yes. That's that's the term I'm looking for. Yes. That's exactly how I picture it. Correct. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, now, where do you think they're coming from? I don't know. It almost... 
the fact that the pink is shaped like a pyramid with the stone on top. Do you see what I'm saying? How the pink, it goes down at an angle where it looks like yeah, a pyramid. I almost I wonder, do. is it? But I don't think it's supposed to be. I think it's just supposed to be stripes. I think that's just the art design, honestly. Yeah, I don't think it means like, anything. I don't think... I don't think it gives us any clues as to where they're coming from. No, I'm my guess I don't think we can I don't think we can make that guess. The thing is, I don't know if they're coming because <laughs> I would say I'm pretty certain and I am pretty certain that they're coming from the elf world to the human world, but I don't even know if that's the case because you know, we they say the stained be. glass looks like a church, but also the elf world is very ornate in its architecture and this could be somewhere in the elf world too. I thought it was somewhere in the elf world that they were coming through, even though it looks like a church and we were saying that. For some reason, my mind was still like, no, this isn't, this is the elf world. It just looks like elf architecture. And what, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to Google it. Um, well, why don't you talk a little bit while I Google this? Because the color of her stone looks clear. Almost. Of like a clear icy blue. It's, Yeah, it's not the navy blue that brings you to the human world. No, it's it looks like silver. It's a yeah. silver blue. It's a silvery blue. So I think that goes within the elf world. Yeah, so maybe I don't they're remember. traveling within the elf world. Maybe this is some sort of confrontation. I don't know. Yeah, no, I just maybe maybe that maybe that pink stained glass is Raleigh's office, and they're going in to confront her. And Sophie's like, finally. <laughs> Good you Lord. know, oh my god! If that was actually the case, that would be hilarious. I, they, I know they put this epic scene on the cover, and it's just them like they just Sophie keep showing up at random about her mom. <laughs> they, they just keep not even they don't just keep going to Orly. They go to like everyone in the books that's been mildly irritating or who has annoyed Sophie. Like they just show up at her teachers. They show up at uh, Keith's father's house. Like they just keep showing up different places to like threaten people. Yeah. So the. Clear crystals go within the lost cities. So I think, so this is somewhere within the lost cities. It's not in the human world. It's not in a church. I didn't think it was going to be. That confirms it. Where, where could this be? Because the, the that- ones, it has a slight blue tint, but the thing is, it's not cobalt blue. It's a very light, no. icy blue. And the design? The, the crystals that go to the forbidden cities are distinctly mm-hmm. described as being a deeper cobalt blue. The design is almost familiar for some reason. Of the architecture, I feel like we've read it before. Like, in the books. I feel like this isn't going to be a new place. Maybe it will be, but I feel like it's more like some place that's been mentioned or some place that we've been to sparingly and we've realized something about this place and are breaking into it. Yeah, it does appear that they're breaking in in some sense. Um, if it oh, is in the elf definitely. world. definitely... I said earlier that I didn't think that was happening in the human world, but I think they are in the elf world. If that They're makes definitely sense. breaking in somewhere. This is not sanctioned by the council. This is... No, <laughs> they're definitely rebelling. Which I'm excited for. <laughs> or it is sanctioned. It is sanctioned by the council and they're g- going against the never seen here. I think that's what's happening. I think they're breaking into some sort of never seen type spot. But also, I think it should be noted that the place they're going is actually dark. The only oh, light, yeah. the only light is coming from Morella's flame and fr- from the place where they're coming from while the portal's open. 
Yeah, you can see that on the outline because the, the outline is darker. On the outside is darker, and you can see the reflection. So, this is like I don't know if it's at night, but it's someplace dark. It's someplace I think dangerous. We're not. I feel like it's underground. Here. I feel like it is underground. Then why would there be a stained glass window? I don't know. I feel like that <laughs> might be a design choice. I feel like this is in like some secret layer. It reminds me of oh, you know what it reminds me of. What is her name? The one who cut uh, her up. Not Sophie. Biana. The one who cut Biana up and gave her scars. She had reflections all around. She had mirrors all around her so you oh. couldn't find her. That Ooh. is what I meant before when I said this reminded me of something. This reminds me of that scene when she had all the colorful mirrors all around her so they couldn't find her reflection. Interesting. Yes, in book that six. What could be is what this her is? name people people it are listening with an it's, s oh my gosh no, i don't have my books with me they're at home across the state i can't look it up <laughs> i don't know but i know exactly who you're talking about i can't remember yes. her name for the life of me i'm but looking yes, it up that is a very interesting theory i like that because maybe they're book- going to confront her maybe this is for biana let's throw that That's out what I've- yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're going after her. Maybe she did something else and they're like, we've had enough. We need to retaliate against this woman. And Or maybe they just find in. What I find very interesting, though, is the chosen trio here. Sophie, Morella, and Maruka are going... That isn't a pairing that we usually see at no, all. No, it's not. Usually, Morella and Maruka are only there when the larger group is there. So, I'm trying to... Sorry if I'm quiet. Kind of I'm is yeah no i've been, Vespera. I've been like intently staring at the cover too. vespera what is it vespera vespera thank you um or vespera 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 yeah yeah the lady who but didn't, no, she, I, didn't she make the monster things yes i yeah. think that's where they're going that interesting just makes sense to me. maybe they're going back there because that was dark and kind of dingy and also that's you, what I and also was trying to were, figure out. They were vulnerable to fire. So yeah. maybe that's why they have Morella. And then Maruka's there for a force field for them. Yeah. That's why I said it was familiar. Because it was the underground thing. That's why I thought it was underground. Because that scene is underground. That's why it was so familiar to me. I just couldn't put my finger on it. But no, that's what this scene reminds me of. And I don't think they would go alone. I think definitely there are other people behind them that the cover just isn't showing because yeah. they didn't want to. I think definitely Tam is in there. I think, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I didn't think of there's that, more actually. People. That there could be more people no, behind them. There's gotta be. There's usually, that's usually the case of, on the covers. That is true. And you're probably right. But I also love the idea of this trio going off on a little side mission together. I do too. I just don't think that's what it will be. Yeah, because no, usually, I think you're right. usually, usually the covers only show like three or four of the people. Sometimes even two, and there's a whole slew of them in the scene right. as well that just aren't shown. Right. I think they've never shown more than it's typically Sophie and two other people. In a lot of I the scenes, there's shown- been more people there. The only one I can think of where that isn't like, for example, book four, never seen. There's more people in Ravagog with them than are shown on the cover. Um. We just see I, Sophie, uh, Keith, and Biana, but there's more people in Ravagog with them. We don't see Tam. We don't see, you know, and then 
book six is the only one where Lynn, Keith, and Sophie were the only one in that scene. And maybe book Even seven. Even there were others around helping, they were o- the only ones floating. They so were the I see only ones saying. floating. Yeah. Yeah. Book yeah, five, there I were more people in that scene. Dex was there when they did the whole mirror yeah. thing. There's more people yeah. there. Um, oh, and I guess book three is also one where those are the only two people there. They were her and Fitz yeah. going into right. The- oh my gosh, who's that's mine? the only one? Uh, why am I forgetting his name too? Dang it, I've been so bad with names who? today. Uh, who, who are whoever's you mind about? they're going into in book three? Fenton. Um, yes, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the scene before everything. Uh, for lack of a more eloquent term, goes to shit after they try and <laughs> go into Fenton's mind. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Yeah, I think we have analyzed this cover to death. I think that is about all we have for today. Any closing thoughts, Frankie? Uh, I I don't know. Now I'm really hoping my theory is correct because I think I'm that's a really hoping one. it's right, too. That is a brilliant theory. I think I'm totally on board there's with that. a reason. I think there's a reason my brain like I couldn't get off it through the whole podcast when we were trying to figure out where this is. There's a reason my brain kept being like kept trying to bring me back to that scene. And it's, I just hope it's right. <laughs> No, that would be so, yeah, very, very cool. Because she, that's honestly, I think I kept for say. her significance, and, like, she's kind of, like, working even above Lady Gisela, Vespera has yeah. not been integrated into this narrative a whole lot yet. And I think she is so going to play. So she has to come back. She does have to come back. So I, I think it's a brilliant theory. I Like I said, I Unless really, really am pulls- on board with it. Unless she pulls a Cassie Clare and, like, is just introducing her so she can have, like, a five-book series after this <laughs> with her as the main <laughs> villain, she has to she has to introduce her at some point again. She, like, she has to come I, back. I don't, think, I don't think Shannon Messenger is looking to do that. I think she's going to move on to something different after this series. I think... Right, so... This single series is so big that I think it's going to be kept a single series. Right, which I can appreciate. <laughs> if any, If anything... She'll go on in the future to do like a trilogy in the same world, but not not another series this size. We just get a spin off of adventures. <laughs> that <laughs> would be yeah. amazing. That would <laughs> that would be amazing just to see like the couples almost whoever ends up together like just right like how the Lunar Chronicles did it like how the yeah, Lunar Chronicles did yeah. it like that would be cool. Agreed. Yeah, or even like getting to see like Sokeep's kids and stuff. I don't know if I would be ready for that quite yet, just because I still think of them as middle schoolers. But obviously, it would take place way far in the future. Oh, I understand that. I just don't know if I could mentally be ready to see their kids. <laughs> I think I'd have to see like them date first, That's get fair. married, That's and then fair. I can see the little Soki babies, <laughs> <laughs> little blonde babies. <laughs> yeah. How do you? I do have what a if, question though. What about- if their kids? What if their kids had heterochromia and one eye was a light icy blue and the other one was Sophie's brown? That's a common headcanon. But uh, I have a question for you while I'm looking at this cover. I realize that we haven't talked about it yet, even during the shipping video. Okay. A lot of people ship Morella and Maruka. How yeah. do you feel about that ship? I, I find it interesting, but it's not it, my main but one. But it's not my main one. I ship Stina and Maruka more. I ship Especially Stina because and I see especially because i see like i said before uh stina as being 100 percent sapphic whereas i see morella mm. being bisexual 
sorry, Maruka as being bisexual. I don't really see Morella as being queer, which is why I am not as I on can. board with the ship. If you want to ship it, go ahead. Like, I have nothing against it. Mm-hmm. I just really don't. If anything, I see her as being a spec. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> see, I don't. See, we might be on opposing sides on this one just because I almost see Maruka as being Aero and Morella as being the bisexual. I think they are interesting. Like, ideas on this one. I think both work really well. I kind of. At the end of the day, I want. I would love if one of them was bi and the other one was ace back. No matter which way around it goes, <laughs> we're just projecting. We're totally we're just- projecting. We're totally projecting. <laughs> exactly. I didn't even realize that, but but I I don't know. I, so we I each, don't even we, think we each ace. get a character. We both get a character. <laughs> we cause. I would say we would cosplay, but we can't cosplay as Maruka. That would be blackface. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be really really bad, and we would never. That would do be that. bad. And neither we, of us are right, blonde, we- so. <laughs> I've I mean, close I could, to blonde before. Actually, I could do it. I could. Uh, you would be Stina I've come with close, your hair. I've. I you would, would have but to be I've Stina. Come close to, I've come close to Morella's strawberry blonde multiple times. Like even when my hair is strained right now in different well, light, the, thing. the red the thing. still comes through. I'll be dyeing my hair a very light coppery red soon. Like actually bleach. I've done temporary dye until now to make it red, but now I'm mm-hmm. actually gonna like bleach it and go the real coppery red yeah. that I want before I go abroad. I have- so that's another thing, guys. I'm going to be abroad while Stella Loon comes out, so I don't know if we're going to be able to do an episode. How am I going to be able to rant to you if you're abroad? Like, you're going to be know. asleep when I'm awake. <laughs> you're going to be asleep when I'm awake, and I'm not going to be... I'm going to be reading, and I'm going to be unable to, like, Katie! Katie, we'll see what happening. happens, but I'm totally bringing my Kindle, and I'm totally gonna get it on Kindle, and then pre-order the hardcover to go home. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want the mismatching. You, I would go to the if they were the same edition, same in the UK as they are in the US. I would go buy the physical copy, but they're different, and I want matching books because I'm OCD. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I hate when my books don't match. Oh my gosh, I absolutely hate it. That's not Stop even like I. I joke. I am. By the way, I'm not saying that as like the, you know, OCD jokes type thing. I am genuinely obsessive compulsive. She uh, is genuinely be, obsessive compulsive. Yes, <laughs> to be perfectly clear. Um, just because people say that as a thing sometimes like, oh, it's so OCD, haha. Um, you know, I, I mean it quite literally. I do have obsessive compulsive disorder and I definitely am bothered when my books don't match. That is one very stereotypical traditional thing that i have Saba <laughs> like to here like- did that with her series and it drove me wild oh my gosh i wish she had done the newer covers from the beginning and that we had them all yeah. in hardcover mm-hmm. yeah because i totally get her point behind changing them but now i can only have the full matching set in paperback right yeah no i i absolutely understood her point but it still was like oh my god these don't match yeah. at all yeah. <laughs> for those of you who me. don't know saba tahir is a pakistani american author and she mm-hmm. writes a book featuring middle eastern pakistani characters and she wanted her covers to showcase you know this beautiful brown girl who's the main character on the cover which we which totally is completely get. understandable yeah totally understandable and i think it's great and the new covers are beautiful a little stereotypical with the whole hair blowing in the wind thing but <laughs> but um it, just look up an ember in the ashes or um 
the Ember Quartet, I believe it's called, and you'll you'll mm-hmm. see what we mean. You'll see both covers, the new one with the people and the old one. But yeah. I'm a fan of both, honestly. Um, but I do I hate that my series is half and half now. I wish they had gone back mm-hmm. and released the hardcovers with the new covers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you don't <laughs> if you don't have any other theories, Katie, I think this is a good place to end. I think it is. So what do you guys think about Stellar Loon? Tell us uh, on Instagram. We are at K-O-T-L-C, Keeper of the Lost Cities uh, podcast. <laughs> so K-O-T-L-C podcast. Message us there. And we are also on Tumblr. I'm at Arcadia Ledger. And do you want to share your main Tumblr, Frankie? Or do you want to no, keep that I private? Like, I like to keep my main Tumblr separate from okay, the okay. ones I, I know have for you the don't, podcast. You don't have a, like for our uh, Zutara podcast, Frankie has a separate blog dedicated to that. So I, yep. but she doesn't have that for this show. So you should make. But you, you can still. You totally should I know. make a Keeper I, of the Lost Cities blog. I definitely should. But for now, you can find me at Firebender Frankie on Tumblr. That is the Tumblr most people go to if they want to talk to me about the podcast, any podcast. So yeah. So yeah, message us. Uh, leave comments on our posts. We post official art as well as adorable Soki fan art and otherwise on our Instagram. We're nearing 100 followers. So thank you for that. We're getting Woo! super close to 100, which is more than I was expecting for Keeper of the Lost Cities because Same. it's a pretty small fandom. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very, very proud of that and that we're starting to grow. And without further ado, happy Soki shipping. Happy Soki shipping. Bye. <laughs>